we're going to learn something about the parasha. Parasha Bo. You know, sometimes there's a word that makes all the difference, that changes everything. Now, if the word is very complicated and difficult and comes from some strange language, okay. But sometimes it's a simple word, a word that we all know and understand. And yet it makes all the difference. And that's the word machar, the word tomorrow. A very common word, a word used in the Torah and in the Tanakh commonly. And yet it makes a difference. Let's see. We'll start from the beginning of Parashat Bo. Shmot Perikud, it says, right? The Fibsukim. Vayoma Hashem el Moshe. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu receives his orders from HaKadosh Baruch And even though it's not clear exactly why you need Moshe to be involved all the time, but God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Bo el Paro. You see that word, Bo? Bo el Paro, come to Paro. So you know, all the People, the thoughtful people who read the Chumash, the Torah, try to understand it better. They all felt that this statement, Bo El Paro, is somehow unreasonable. And what it should say is Lech El Paro. Go to Paro. I mean, Paro, after all, was at least the titular monarch, Bo El Paro. What could that possibly mean? Come to Paro. Like a like Moshe Rabbeinu has to act as though Paro is in charge. And he's coming to Paro because he's in charge. Boel Paro. But the Torah says no. HaKadosh Baruch says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I harden his heart. Now what is harden his heart? That means he's not going to listen to you. In spite of the fact that he's not going to listen to you, go there. I created a situation where listening is not possible. The people who are with him, they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen. So, why did I do all of this? Shiti, ototai, I will kind of place these miracles in his midst. Why am I hardening his heart? Because I want to make more miracles. It seems like unreasonable to me. It seems like God is hardening Paro's heart so there should be more miracles and more suffering and more unhappiness. I mean, if they deserve to be punished, so punish them. But what is this business in order that I should be able to inject the miracles? Rashi. Rashi says, This is Rashi on the left. Warn him. Warn him that there are going to be a lot of suffering if he doesn't let the people go. Right, Shiti, I want to place them. See me, Shahashitani, I want to make them, I want to do them. I want them to be 
placed in in the world. And therefore, I'm hardening Paro's heart. So again, I say it's hard to understand. Doesn't it just mean because God wants to do miracles, God wants to make the Egyptians suffer more, whatever God wants that has something to do with the the Egyptians, it can have it, it can be done. Why is he telling this to Moshe Rabbeinu? Leman, Leman means for the purpose, in order to create a, a, a situation. But the next pasuk helps us to understand. The reason that these miracles took place, even though Yitzhak Mitzrayim could happen in a second, all the people who are slaves, could be packed in a second, standing straight in a second, outside of Egypt in a second. But no, it became a story, a story worth telling, because it indicates, it indicates something about the relationship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the world. You want proof that God is in charge. And that's the story that you ought to tell. So, you ought to tell the story to your son, your grandson. What I did, what I, what I affected in Mitzrayim, that's a story that you could tell. And then Moshe Rabbeinu went to Paro, and Paro didn't listen. Paro was smitten and ultimately forced to let the people go. So that Pasuk says, there's, there's a special kind of obligation. There's a certain kind of opera, uh, obligation to tell the story, because the story contains a great truth. And the great truth that the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim contains is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. That's the great truth. So Lemanti Saper, you have to take the initiative. Et asher hitalalti b'mitzrayim. Hitalalti, what I did. I will see Rashi in a moment. Hitalalti b'mitzrayim. And the signs, all the signs, the miracles that I put upon them. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the Egyptians. The Egyptians were going through Yitziat Mitzrayim as well. And the story is, the story is, and you will know. But the Egyptians didn't know. It was something that they could have learned. They could have understood. It was within their ken, but they were obstinate and refused the opportunity. Refused it. Italauti, you see, you see the word in Rashi, Italauti. Rashi says, that's itself Rashi. That's a Rashi worth thinking about. I laughed 
And then he has several other examples. But that's what Rashi, that's what Rashi says. It was the the story put Mitzrayim in a bad light. They were not able to recover from their devotion to idolatry. And therefore, these miracles, these plagues that God brought upon the Mitzrayim, they were really for the good of Mitzrayim. They were an opportunity, an opportunity that the Mitzrayim were not able to take up. They were only able to kind of Okay, so we have a few problems. Boel Paro, the number of miracles, all of the miracles. Why couldn't Yitziat Mitzrayim be something quick and surgical? How was it that the Egyptians had the power to deny Now, in the parasha, in our parasha, there's another reference to the storytelling. In our, in the psukim that we just read, it says, Who should tell the story? Who's the, the one who, who generates the storytelling? I guess it's the father. The father who has a story to tell. The father who was there at Yitziat Mitzrayim, the father who saw the havoc that was wrecked by the miracles, that was the father. And in our pasuk, pasuk bet, it says, "Leban I did all of this so that it would be a story. If it's all miraculous and a miraculous event, there's no story. There's no story to tell. But there's another pasuk in the same parasha. Shmot perik yud gimel pasuk yud dalad. Listen. Vayaki yishalcha bincha machar lemor. Vayaki yishalcha bincha machar lemor. Lemor. Mazot. There's something that I don't, I don't have it. Vayaki Yishalcha bin Chabachar, who is generating the need for telling a story, bin Mazot, he's already reacting to Torah, right? Mazot, what are you doing? Not what are you telling, or what's the story? But he says, Mazot, and so you tell the story. And you say to him, So because of the God with a powerful hand took us out of Mitzrayim. So I understand that the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is about who is the ruler in the world in which we live. That's what I tell it. Mazot. 
So I would ask you, that word machar, I mean, what does it mean? And the difficulty is, and what if I took it out, that word machar? Perfect. I got it. Machar is just the word that creates a question. Machar. So along comes Rashi, and Rashi answers the question very interestingly. He says, Yesh machar Yesh machar The word machar tomorrow doesn't have a clear meaning. It could mean right away, 24 hours. That's machar. Oh, machar could be, machar could be very far away. There is no end to machar, as somebody once said. You know, tomorrow goes on forever. It's always tomorrow. So, ki yishalcha bincha machar, according to Rashi at least, doesn't mean that the ben, the son, has a time when he's supposed to ask. But whenever that time comes up, that's what Rashi says. That, that we're talking about a machar that could be any time. It could be any time. So what do you need it for? So that Rashi could ask a question, give an answer, take out the word, and we understand everything perfectly. What is this? What is what? I guess oh, you're preparing for Pesach. You're getting out the old, the, the kalim. You're doing, eating, eating the matzah. Rashi says, Mazot. See the Rashi. This is a foolish child. Stupid. He doesn't know how to kind of really ask a good question. He asks a kind of question that could go for anything. He says, what's going on? What's going on? Not very impressive, Rashi says. There's another pasuk in Tvarim. It says, says that we know that's what that's the question of the Ben HaChacham. Ben HaChacham said one of the regulations, one of the rules, one of the mitzvot, that you have to be a Chacham. You have to know that we're talking about a serious topic. But the, but the son who says, Mazot, they could say that about anything. And, you know, the question doesn't indicate any intelligence or any profundity. So he says, Rashi quotes from the Haggadah, I guess. So Rashi is saying that this leads me. It was the fact that the Pasuk of the Torah says uh, right? And, and 
he says, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, that pasuk perik you give a pasuk you doubt. Ki yishalcha bincha machar leimor mazot v'amata elav. So according to Rashi, when is that? Whenever, whenever it happens, whenever it happens. Uh, there's several other opinions. Several other opinions. I want to kind of at least tell you what the Orachim said. Orachim said, Perush. You see it? That's the parasha that we're talking about, Pidyon HaBechor. We had recently a very nice Pidyon Bechor in the family. Along comes the Orachai, but he says, he says, well, uh, what is this? That's if he asks, if the son asks. Otherwise, there is no obligation, according to the Yorachayim, to tell the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim except on the night of Pesach. On the night of Pesach, there's a special obligation. But if the child asks, there's a general obligation. I mean, we might be able to put this into the category of chinuch, of education. Parents are obliged to educate their children in how to be. That's part of the parental obligation. But here, uh, it's not in the Gemara that there's a special uh, there's a special obligation on the parents to teach the children if they ask. And if they don't ask, I mean, I don't know exactly the Orachim, I mean, the distinction is impressive, but I don't know exactly what he, what he means. That's why that's why the Pesach adds the word machar. Perush afilu limachar. Da'ino calls manshi yeh. It doesn't have to be in this particular time or this year. or with the, It will wait till the child asks. V'amar lemor perush. Lemor perush etiyeh kabonato b'she'ela sh'tomar alav azu. So that's what you have to do. You have to. So this is like an interesting. It's interesting that this uh, this mitzvah, according to the Orachaim, to teach your children what the meaning of Yitziat Mitzrayim is, and that that's separate from the mitzvah of teaching your children about Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim, the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim on the night of Pesach. I mean, it's something similar to this idea that uh, 
uh, the Rambam explained quite carefully that when you do the mitzvah of Brit Milah, when you circumcise a child, you're doing it because you're directed to do that from Har Sinai. In Har Sinai, the Torah said, "Biyom Hashmini, Yimo Besar Or On the eighth day of his life, that's when you do the circumcision. But everybody knows that when you do the Mila, there are really two brachot that are said. One bracha, that's the act of circumcision. But there's another bracha that the father also says, which itself is strange. Two brachot are the same on the same action, but the second bracha is a shekel shabzibadu lachmiso bibrito shall Abraham Avinu. Second bracha. First bracha alhamila. The second bracha lachmiso bibrito shall Abraham Avinu. How could that be? How could that be? We just said that we do the mitzvah because we it is written in the Torah. Not because of Avram Avinu. Not because of Avram Avinu. So what, what's the idea of Avram Avinu here? So we know that Avram Avinu said, Avram Avinu said yes to a Kodesh Bohu. A Kodesh Bohu said, then do it. And Avram Avinu said, I'll do it. And even though, even though the, the, in the final assessment, we do the mitzvah because the Torah wants us to do the mitzvah and not because Abraham Avinu did the mitzvah. Nevertheless, we understand that Abraham Avinu was special and he brought a special dimension to doing the mitzvah and that was the child will become the possessor of values that Avram Avinu was the first one to possess. And therefore, therefore, it turned out that, I mean, there, there are other implications, but it turned out that in Avram Avinu's time, you had to be accepting of Avram Avinu's position in order to be included. And so Yitzchak was circumcised, but he became a devotee of Avram Avinu's ideology. Yishmael was also circumcised, but left that ideological position. He left that ideological position. So we understand that the position that Avram Avinu represented was so powerful that even though I do the mitzvah because it was written in the Torah, go and do the mitzvah, nevertheless, I can't help reminding myself and everybody who is there that I accept upon myself the attempt that Avram Avinu made again and again to educate the people who had uh, who had been introduced to mitzvot with him. 
And so the act of circumcision has a bracha, and that's Allah Milo, and that's what the Torah commands us to do. But the memory of Brit Milah, the memory of Brit Milah is the way Avram Avinu did it. And so the Orachayim says, the Orachayim says, yeah, there's a, there's a mitzvah to educate your children to know about Pesach, to know about Yitziat Mitzrayim. You have to teach it to them. It's important, but only one night of the year is it obligatory. But there's another obligation, and that comes as a result of the sun generating generating the uh, the need. The sun says, And the word machar, the word machar, according to, uh, to Rashi, doesn't matter how much time it was. Just want to. Uh, there's a pasuk in the previous chapters in Vaira, Perak Ted Pasuk Yud Chet says, In enimam tir ka'et machar barad kaved ma'od. Right? The last makah in the parcha of Ba'era is called barad. It's not so clear what barad is, but it was unpleasant. In the name mamtir. Mamtir is the word matar. Matar. And then the Torah says, Ka'et machar. In other words, in Hebrew, there's a way of clarifying the word machar. Is it short machar? Or is it long machar? So the fact is that the Pasuk says ka'et machar. What does ka'et machar mean? Tomorrow, the same time as now. That's ka'et machar. So it means there's a way to clarify. And so I would say that Rashi is right. That when the, there's an unclarified uh, a point, it's it's not at all, not at all obviously, not at all Obvious. Just a second. Again, Perik Yud Gimel Pasuk Yud Dalad Vayaki Yishalcha Bincha Machar. Rashi says, Bincha, when your your son asks you, Bincha Machar Yesh Machar Shuachshav. Sometimes the word mean the word Machar means now. Vayesh Machar Shuulachazvan. And so if you read the Rashi a little bit differently, Rashi says that this is what Ifilu Allah has man. But if you, if you, uh, and, and that's validated by the Pasuk Ka'et Machar. Ka'et Machar means now, the short form of Machar, not the long form of Machar. But if we look at this Rashi, we look at the Pasuk, and we try to understand what happened, and we understand That what the Torah is saying is that the question doesn't go away. Ki yishalcha bincha machar. Anytime. 
anytime in the world. Everybody comes to the questions in a different time and a different way. And the question is undoubtedly more important. The most important thing is the question because the question is the focus of things. And it's the father that is obliged to teach his children that the question does not daunt him. It doesn't put everything else out of business. So again, anytime, anytime he asks, there's an educational need to answer the question or to respond. You have to say to your son, so we see that the story in the beginning of Shmot, it was, you can't expect any change in Paro. What is it that God is trying to do? He's trying to develop a certain attitude in the slaves. Slavery. Slavery, as we pointed out in the back, is a denial of free will. You can't come to a conclusion. You can't do anything. But these otot are going to encourage B'nai Yisrael v'yidatem ki ani Hashem, and you will know that I am, in fact, in charge of the of the world. They both came to Paro. Again, he says to Paro, the God of the of, of the Hebrew, our God. Give them back their free will, their freedom to be able to determine who God is and what our obligations to God might be. If you deny this request, you don't send them out in any maybe machar arbe big bulecha. The response is going to be the most difficult of all the plagues. In any maybe machar, machar, immediately. Immediately, machar, matai machar, machar, this time, exactly at this time. So we've thought about machar, a word that has two dimensions to it. And you have to read carefully and be able to decide which machar it is that we are talking about. But if we are talking about about the obligation that we have to answer a question that even precedes the Torah obligation of reading the Haggadah on Purim. And even though we generally say mitzvot are on Pesach, I'm sorry, we generally say that our obligation to do mitzvot comes from Har Sinai, this obligation to maintain a certain level of Education, the education that came to B'nai Israel in the desert, 
that obligation might even uh, come before Matan Torah. All the best. Be well. Thank you, Rabbi. All the best. You too. You too, Koto. Thank you very much. Thank you.